My guest on today's episode of the A Word of Good podcast is Ruth Stegels. Now in this episode we do something a little bit different. My conversation with Ruth took place outside in the Welsh countryside while we enjoyed fresh air and getting back to basics with the soundtrack of nature behind us. In this episode I encourage you to use the pauses to reflect on what we've learned through this podcast series, what resonated with you and what changes you might make in your own life organisation as a result. I'd then love to hear your thoughts as myself and James Carrier discuss the podcast in the bonus episode coming next. But back to Ruth. Ruth has always been passionate about supporting people to live their best lives. She loves being outside and walking and when she realised that both of these things could be combined with amazing results, Fresh Air Fridays was born. Fresh Air Friday supports businesses to get the best out of their staff by taking them outside and walking with them, and doing so helps them to become more open, creative and focused. A trainer and speaker at heart, Ruth believes that being outside in the fresh air can support good mental health and emotional well-being. I'm delighted today to welcome Ruth Stegels. So, hi Ruth, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, we are walking along a sunny hillside. The birds in the background. It's kind of there's lots of dew on the ground. This is this is a nice way to start the day. It feels a part of my everyday. Actually, it's really really important to me. Um, so one of the things I want to talk to you about today. So in Norway they call it friluftsliv, which means getting outdoors. Um, in Japan it's called shirimoku or forest bathing. Uh, we sometimes know it here as biophilia. Um, and all of these are kind of theories, practices and a shed load of proof that we aren't spending enough time outdoors and in nature. So why has it become so popular for us to get back to basics and just get outside? Well, do you know, I think actually we know it instinctively. So this came about for me when our daughter developed anorexia and um, when we wrote a book about our experiences together, we noticed the pair of us that all the useful conversations we had when we were out walking and one of the things that Catherine described in that time was when she was outside, the voices in her head no longer bullied her in the same way. So I came across it by accident, but I knew instinctively that our communication was better and we felt better when we were outdoors. So now it's become a practice for me. It's something that is kind of on my, I do it, because when I don't, I feel rubbish. Okay, interesting. And so you founded, on the back of those experiences, Fresh Air Fridays. So do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of Fresh Air Fridays and what they do? Yeah, well, I, I guess a bit more about why Fresh Air Fridays was founded in the first place. So as I said, our daughter developed anorexia and what I discovered during that period was the things that made a difference were simple. Definitely not easy, but they were really simple. And I had this massive frustration that it had been really hard to find those simple tools and techniques that made such a massive difference. And so I kind of had a bit of a soapbox and Fresh Air Fridays was my answer to that. Um, so that's what we do. We teach those simple tools, techniques. Um, we, we talk about giving people space, support and skills so that they know how to look after their mental and emotional well-being. Excellent. And so, you know, reflecting, you know, this is the, the last episode of the podcast series and reflect on everything I've kind of learnt and experienced with everyone I've spoken to so far. Um, one of the final questions I ask people is... What do you do that has the most positive impact on your own well-being? Um, and a couple of themes have come out, and the pretty basic stuff, right? So get exercise, 
get out, get away from the desk, get away from the screen, go for a walk, um, spend some time kind of quietly doing what we're doing now, just walking through kind of hillsides and forests. Um, and I'm just fascinated that with all the developments we've made and the popularity of workplace well-being and, you know, have we got to the point where we put too much pressure on people, we created a world where people are always switched on and part of that back to basics piece is it's just getting back to the kind of animals that we are, you know, we, we came mm. from the earth, we go back to the earth, it's... Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I think with all that yeah. development, we've, we're back to where we started almost. Space and stillness. Um, it's interesting because... Um, so I've just had a period where um, I wasn't taking my own medicine. So I talk about this stuff all the time and I have really good practices. And I've just had a really busy six weeks. Um, in another, I have another business as well. So both businesses were coming together. We got some family stuff going on. So I've... I, the last six weeks have been mad the last four weeks I've worked every weekend on the trot without a break and uh, it culminated last week I'd been in London lots going on and I got on the train and I opened my in tray to deal with my emails from the day that I'd been missing because I'd been at an event and I noticed my heart pounding and I noticed I was able because of all the skills that I have I was able to see the state I was in I was like goodness gracious what are you doing woman and I just cleared my diary for the rest of the week and, and all over the weekend. Um, and in that space, you know, I got to the space. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, why am I doing this? And I, I just hadn't been doing what we teach. I had, because I love it, because what we do is my passion and my purpose. That overachiever in me was so easily drawn into, I'm doing the right thing. This is really important in the world. And I'd forgotten how to just chill. Which is, which is fascinating, right? Because you're in this world. I know, I know. Yeah, 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 no, clearly. I'm in this world and I just forgot because my ego got carried away and there was stuff I wanted to do for people. And do you know what? That's the key thing. If you're, if you're in an organisation, particularly when you're responsible for other people, or you're a parent and you've got kids, or there's family that you care about, the pull is always to do stuff for those people. It's always to say yes, of course I'll do that for you. Some parent with an anorexic child rang me up and I wasn't good at saying no. I just, oh yeah, 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 I'll deal with that. A friend wanted some coaching. Yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that. So I just got into, I need to help all these people. And, and it's we teach that's not the case, you know. Mm. I say to people all the time, if you don't fill yourself up first, there's nothing left. So I was just proving, I just proved to myself the absolute truth of when you're doing good works if you don't get you right first the rest is pointless the rest is absolutely pointless so i guess you've proved that even the people whose literal business it is to be in well-being um will fall foul to what it's like to live in the modern world we're, we're pulled into it all the time you know i i can go to a well-being conference and there are all these people doing great things in well-being and i and i can want bigger and better i want our business to be bigger i want to positively impact more people so with really good intentions there's this constant messaging of bigger better more mm. uh, bigger better faster and i think actually slower simpler easier so I think what's fascinating is, you know, part of my passion with well-being is financial well-being, as you know, and it's, it's a popular theme throughout this podcast. And it's the same advice, you know, 
if you chase the materialistic stuff. We spoke to Jason Butler, a Financial Times journalist and financial wellbeing expert, and he talks about materialism a lot and how you've got to shake off those shackles of mm. just buying stuff to make you feel better and that overachieving. Mm. So, you know, I think some of the stats we talked about was, you know, two thirds of people under the age of kind of 30 worry about money on a daily mm. basis. And two thirds of the same people say they're trying to maintain an idea of what they think success looks like based on what they see on social media. Absolutely. So it's interesting that, you know, I, as, as an onlooker, you've created this really nice little business that's having a real impact on people's work and then you're struggling with do we want to make this bigger do we want to make this this big business or the small business yeah i think it's just so easy to be drawn in and actually what i've noticed is so i saw it i'm really really grateful i had the skills to see it because if i'd let that go on another day i think i'd have been in the doctor's surgery well i wouldn't because i for lots of reasons um but i i think i could have been signed off on the sick actually if i hadn't seen it coming um and so i completely cleared my diary and now what i've done over the last few days is i've just gone what's the key thing you need to do today and i've just become so much more effective again so rather than this over overwhelm that had me working faster and harder i've just gone what's really important because actually my intray is going to be full when i'm dead you know there's going to be stuff to do when i'm dead i'm never going to get to the bottom of the list so i might as well prioritize life is all about our priorities where are we choosing to put our energies um so i've walked more i've been outside more i've prioritized and i've been way more effective which has been much more impactful i think it's you know i think what's really interesting about what you do what fresh air fridays does you know i first found out about you guys because you were working with my partner's business and um, he kind of said to me, I think you might benefit from this. You know, a lot of my work is solitary. A lot yeah. of it was obviously office based. You know, I think something yeah. like 90 percent of Americans spend like less than 10 percent of the day outdoors and stuff like that. Um, and obviously the research I did for the book started to really kind of galvanize the idea that, you know, we're just not spending time where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came along to some of your sessions and. I remember that kind of separation anxiety from my phone for about three hours was really that kind of really made me think oh shit am I this is I've got a problem here right this is I'm worried about you know I'm missing a a call or an email or text Um, and then you know probably did on and off best part of a year's worth of it Um, and then you and I did some coaching sessions which you know walking through the woods for about three hours Uh, resulted in you kind of making me think about something that happened in my past that might be holding me back now and which led to me seeing a counsellor which led to six months worth of counselling at the start of this year which had as now a significant positive impact on my life because something bad that happened to me in work I've put to bed and it's given me a huge amount of confidence mm-hmm. and I just think it's fascinating how if you boil that back because I spent time walking mm-hmm. and just being at one with nature and finding a different kind of piece in my world mm. had that impact mm. which i think is fascinating so thank you for being a part of that and yeah. thank you for your for driving that but and I, the thing that comes up for me there um i'm, I'm just preparing a talk for um, a public health conference and the thing that comes up for me there is you know if we have no space how can we expect to notice not what's not working in our life and space for us is two things. Space is the head space, so the stopping and the having space, and our natural environment. You know, we, we evolved to be in nature, and for many of us, we, t- we spend 24-7 in concrete boxes. Just physiologically, we're not designed to be in those spaces. So we need to stop, and we need time in, in nature, really, to function properly. And, you know, when you get that space, you 
my experience is people hear themselves sometimes for the first time, sometimes again. And when we're in a supportive group of people, um, we hear ourselves in other people too. We, we find we're not alone. We find that the challenges that everybody faces um, are pretty much the same challenges. So one thing I wanted to do on this um, podcast, because I think this is quite a reflective episode, you know, mm-hmm. on everything our listeners have kind of gone through to this to this episode. Um, so I wondered whether we could just walk for a few minutes and just listen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those listeners who are kind of tuning in, if you're somewhere quiet and you can sit somewhere quiet for kind of three minutes, uh, if you're somewhere busy, maybe skip these three minutes and come back to it later. But just to kind of sit with those sounds of nature and just let's take people back from what they're doing today and just kind of sit with the sounds of the birds and our feet walking in this wet grass and, and just kind of transport themselves to outdoors even if they happen to stay indoors. It really felt like <laughs> nature came alive for us then. Lots of birds flew overhead. Obviously, it's getting towards autumn now, so there's obviously lots of leaves on the grass. And the colour's beautiful. I noticed that I wanted to, I wanted people to be able to see what was going on. Well, I think even the sun and everything. So what I'll probably do is take a photograph and put it in the show notes so people can see what we're looking at at the moment because it's uh, it's pretty amazing at the moment. It it's is. A, you know, I love this time of year, and I think when you get and it's a little bit cold and it's also really sunny and you've got all those leaves turning colors Mm. i'm also curious i'm wondering how that felt for people because um i think if you're not used to stillness at all for some of us that might have felt like a really long time and uh, i i just invite people to question how that felt 
to just listen for that period of time. Um, and if you noticed it was really tricky, uh, that might have been really challenging for some people. And perhaps if it was really challenging, maybe the invitation to have a little bit more silence in your life or just stillness listening. Um, it's it, it can be hard for people if your brain's busy. It's fascinating. So I think, you know, we what are some of the health benefits of doing this kind of stuff? So some of it might seem obvious, but, you know, getting outside, just getting your heart pumping, um, you know, as we mentioned before, that kind of get back to nature and stuff is obviously important because it just connects us with a place that we all came from eventually, um, I guess. Is there anything else that kind of you've seen that people have really benefited from? Well, I think it's kind of what I alluded to earlier is that um, without any brain stillness, you literally can't see the wood for the trees. So you don't know, you can't see what's not working in your life while you're on a treadmill and not taking, making any space your, your brain just goes into overload. That's where I was last week. Because I hadn't put the space in, my brain was in overload. And um, everything that happens in your brain has chemi- has chemical effect. And so the chemicals working in my body were, they're there to help me. It's great to have a bit of adrenaline at time for short periods of time. But when we're in that state all the time, if we're in fight and flight or, or stretch all the time, those raised chemical levels are going to show up physically in our body in some kind of illness or disease over a period of time. Um, So, I mean, if you just kind of take some time to to say, what do I need mentally and emotionally? You'll notice that you need a bit of stillness. You need a bit of space. So for me, the being in nature just supports that. And I get, I think one of the things that comes up regularly for people is, when they spend some time with a tree, for instance, um, it just puts everything in perspective. You find a tree that's been there for a few hundred years, and then anything that you're challenged with today mm-hmm. is kind of put in perspective. So I genuinely think what I see is people feeling differently and experiencing life differently when they've had some time in nature. So yeah, you know, you can walk fast, you can run, you can exercise outside, that's all great. But I think there's something even more fundamental. And I think it's as important to be still outside as it is to be active. So there are, our physiology and our mental and emotional state are really closely linked and it serves both. I think it's really interesting. Some of the research I came across the book, one of the things that still stands out to me now that you know, if you live within about, I think it's three to 500 metres of a green space, you visit the GP less in this country. You people who live near running water, even when that running water is false, um, it's like a fountain or something, then um, that has an impact on people's health and how often they visit the doctor, which is fascinating, right? That's significant stuff, I think. A- absolutely significant stuff, but so simple, so easy. And, you know, we w- when we work with people, if we're working with an organisation, we go to the nearest green space close to them and we haven't found anywhere you know even in central London we haven't found anywhere that within 10 minutes we can't get to some sort of green space some weeds growing a wasteland some trees growing Um, in the UK certainly there's nowhere that you can't get there if you put a tiny bit of effort in London's an interesting one isn't it because you know I did five years in London and London is kind of for most people the kind of antithesis in this country of a big busy city where you know, nobody gives a shit about you <laughs> everyone's kind of rushing around loads of cars loads of traffic loads of bikes 
but it has more green spaces than any city in the world apparently it's London incredible. so yeah you know. we run a session Hyde Park and there are really wild places so you can go on a sunny day there are loads of people in some places but there are places there's nobody um, there are places it, it we're in a field walking so highly emotional and so you can be in your logical rational brain so communication's way better outside um yeah every meeting wherever possible should be a walking meeting something i found fascinating through some of the um fresh air fridays walks i've been on uh, we went on one once and there was a, a young guy a couple of years younger than me who had never seen a blackberry on a bush before i don't know if you remember that yeah i do and I, we yeah, both we both know him quite well and i'm sure he wouldn't mind us saying uh, saying this story but um he hadn't seen a blackberry on a bush before kind never of his immediate his, his immediate reaction was kind of what's that berry and oh it's a blackberry is this how they grow um and i just thought that was fascinating that that kind of i think jamie oliver's done some work where he's kind of given some vegetables to kids and they haven't been able to identify what that yeah. vegetable was because they're used to seeing it either pre-prepared or on a supermarket shelf um, and I just thought that that kind of wowed well, me it, at the time. Yeah, so yes, I get that sort of thing all the time. Then I was walking with somebody once and we came to a gate and she went into a panic because she didn't know what to do when we came to a gate. Um, so I, I just think it's really, I think it's really sad actually that, that, uh, that being outside in nature is so far from many people's experiences. Yolo Williams, great guy who um, does lots of nature work on, on the Beeb. Um, but he was saying when he was a kid, you'd go into a park and when there was a conker tree, there wouldn't be a conker in sight. Now, when I walk through parks now, there are conkers all over the floor. Yeah. When he and I were younger, they wouldn't be there because kids would be nicking them to go play conkers with. And just that's not part of our repertoire now. I think if people of a certain age listening to this will remember soaking their conkers Con- in <laughs> vinegar yeah, or, yeah, or take yeah. or as we used to do take the covers off and fill them with a bit of glue and then put yeah, them back together absolutely um, and it's yeah it's interesting i just i just i'm fascinated by the idea that this like kind of back to basic stuff um is just i guess it's really nostalgic and it's interesting how you know one of the things that natasha wallace talked about on her podcast interview was the idea that you know, we don't expect people to bring their real selves to work and she likened it like stars in their eyes so kind of again a bit nostalgic to those who know about it where you know you're behind a door and you take a breath and then you come out and you pretend to be somebody else for your working day you're not your true person and I think you know lots of the work you do certainly what I've learned through spending time with with people at Fresh Air Fridays is you know I think I think I said to you the first session I went on we spoke afterwards I remember saying to you, it felt a bit hippie-ish. We sat on the side of a hill. We had some kind of black, um, what was, no, what was it? Um, beetroot, be- beetroot brownies, brownies yeah. Um, some kind of chamomile tea. And I remember thinking, and, and we kind of wrote stuff down and we burnt that stuff. And I remember thinking at the time, like, geez, this is a bit hippie. <laughs> but I also remember, to this day, I remember what I wrote. And I remember you wanted me to write down something um, that was really frustrating me or kind of annoying me or upsetting me that week and that was an individual that not that I worked with but I was doing work with at the time that had been pretty horrible to me um, and that caused me lots of anxiety at work and so I asked you if I could write a person's name down <laughs> and you were like fine that's fine so I wrote this person's name down I put this in this little cauldron and we burnt it um, and later on you then asked me to think of um, that thing that we'd burnt and then basically 
show love to it and kind of and wish love to that person and wish good luck to that person um, and kind of wish them all the best and it was an incredibly freeing experience because it was kind of like it really felt like I let it go because it was like it made such a big difference and even you know the, one of the conversations we had that led for me to go and speak to a counsellor about something was you reframed this really evil thing that happened to me as just a person who made a mistake and I was at the end of them making that mistake and it had become this big kind of cloud of this big evil thing that happened to me at work and I got treated really badly and you were like just somebody made a mistake and they made the wrong call and as a result you kind of got affected by that mm. um, and I think that kind of stuff is so powerful and I do wonder whether if we'd had that same conversation sat in an office with fluorescent lighting above us whether it would have had the same impact and I, I don't think it would have. No I, I think there is so I just for the record I didn't encourage Gethin to burn anybody <laughs> um, I encouraged him to let go of some of his feelings around that person just for the record um, yeah this wasn't, wasn't yeah, a, yeah. a voodoo doll of that yeah, person yeah no absolutely <laughs> um, and it's all by invitation but yeah absolutely I think um, we just have a freedom outside that we don't have it's weird I, I still think it's weird that we can feel so much safer outside than we do in the confines of an office I, I i really the communication we get with ourselves and other people outside is phenomenal i came across it by accident i wanted to be outside more i started coaching people outside it was magic yeah um so i think we're about to come to some kind of kissing gates now so what i'd like to do is just kind of stop and finish this podcast on you running a little kind of breathing exercise, a bit of a yeah. mindfulness session. Again, yeah. for those people who are listening, I think this is just a nice way to end everything we've learned. It's just to kind of instill some calmness and uh, space for thought into people's into people's lives who are listening to this. Um, but just before we get there, I've been asking everyone on the podcast, and this might be a really obvious for, question for you, but what do you do that has the most positive impact on your own well-being? Oh, me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I spend time outside. I, it's, it's absolutely fundamental. I spend time in green spaces on a regular basis. Okay, well I will set my recording device down and if you could kind of give us a few minutes of... very muddy here, they can probably hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, what I'm going to share with you is, is one of the breathing techniques that we teach on Fresh Air Fridays and um, it's easy to forget that our breath is this amazing tool and I you know I know you've been breathing since you were born yeah. that's kind of evident um, and it's helpful but if you're feeling stressed or anxious simply becoming aware that you have breath will is effective in calming you down and we teach a really specific breathing technique and if you've done any yoga or you've done anything else that any sort of breathing exercise is really helpful so there's no right or wrong um, I really invite people to play with their breath but we t we teach a human givens technique um, and that's called 7-eleven breathing now when I was younger we didn't have 24-7 shops open we had a 7-eleven shop and your 7-eleven was always open um, and 7-Eleven breathing is always there for you. And it simply means breathing in for a count of seven and out for a count of 11. Now, if you've never done any deep breathing at all, that might sound really scary. Um, and the, the numbers don't really matter. Three, five would work, five, eight would work. And it's something that I'd invite you to play with. The reason we count is it gives us something to focus on. 
But what we're looking for is a really deep breath in and then a much longer, slower out breath. And it's that long, slow out breath that makes the difference. And you know that already, because if you've had a, a busy week at work, Friday night, you pour yourself a glass or something, you flop on the sofa and you go, <sighs> and your body already knows that that long out breath is saying it's all right you can chill now so it clicks in our parasympathetic nervous system so the opposite to fight or flight it kicks in our calming down um, so that's why we do it so I suggest we have a little go Gethin so if you're listening to this and you've never done this before you might want to put your hand on your belly because what that does is as you have that deep breath in you'll be able to feel your belly rising and then that really long, slow out breath. And I'm not gonna count. Um, we're just gonna leave a little bit of space for you to do it on your own now. And then um, I'll bring you back together. So settling yourself down, um, putting your hand on your belly if that feels right. And then taking a really deep breath in and then a long, slow out breath, counting as you do it. And doing that two or three times more. finishing off the round that you're on and coming back to us when you're ready. And I just invite you to practice that. If you've never done it before, play with it. I have a client who, um, he, coming home from work to a family life, used to be really stressed, had a really busy job and, job, and then coming through the door if he hadn't switched off. Um, was could be really stressful so he'd just spend a moment on his drive just doing a couple of minutes of that to transition or if somebody comes into the office and they press your buttons just do one round of it they don't even need to know you're doing it interesting I think um, I read something recently about that transitioning is interesting so with kids that come from certain types of families and households they're now trying to transition them into work uh, into mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. so the idea that if they come from a, a hectic home life or stressful home life they are now um, teachers are transitioning them so that when they get to uh, the school they're able to just calm down take stock of things and then get on with the day I just think that's fascinating how we're even with kids trying to kind of make that transition between a busy period and a not so busy period and to get ourselves into the, the right mindset I think is really powerful Ruth Steggles thank you very much you're welcome cheers Join the workplace wellbeing discussion online by tweeting your thoughts and questions to at World of Good Book. Thank you to my guests today and thank you for listening.